Hashtag you don't have to be Jewish. Daphne, good morning and welcome to Chai FM's Deep Dive. Tell us a little bit. Thank you. Tell us a little bit about what steps you took to keep your theater breathing at a time when initially, at least, audiences couldn't even come into the theater to see a production. What did? How did you plan and go ahead? What, what were you? What were you thinking? Well, uh, Brooks, of course, it has been a very devastating time. You can imagine. The pandemic made reopening look or seem insurmountable because as you know, uh, our theater industry was absolutely decimated. For two years, we could not present anything. Obviously the health issue was foremost on our minds so that everybody could keep safe and healthy. But at the same time, there was no income, there was no work for the wonderful talents in our industry, for our own staff members and nothing uplifting for our public. So it was the most devastating time. A time when we still had, in order for me to continue my beloved theatre on the square, I still had to keep it running. So staff members still had to be paid to keep them going. Um, We still had rental and running costs to pay. Lately, we have had rent relief, but everything continued in the same way with no income whatsoever. And you said earlier that I am the producer, the artistic director, but not the ticket keeper, but I actually am that as well. So when the lights were turned off, it made us realize and give us time to reflect on the significant role that live entertainment plays in our lives and how we in fact have taken it so for granted. We couldn't allow our iconic theater to have its lights switched off because it's brought so much joy to so many people and brought so much work generated in the last 25 years. And as a private independent theater, I was determined to pick up the pieces. We've had no subsidy, no sponsorship. Our sponsorship with one of our Laming Rights sponsored ended just two or three years ago. And of course it was very difficult for us to try and secure another sponsor during this very devastating time because theater of course and entertainment was not is not really the priority but we believe it is an essential service. And without a theatre, there can be no work, as I've mentioned before. So for the last two years, I have been in the process of finding a sponsor, but at the same time, I've launched a fundraising scheme. And it is due to the wonderful, generous support of the public that I was able to reopen. We devised um, a, a, a scheme of fundraising from becoming a member to taking um, funding a little seat in the theatre. And I'm happy to say we've sold 175 of the 200 seats. And um, we've got boards where we have corporate sponsors and life patrons. And that has given, it's been a catalyst to allow us to reopen again. And eventually at the end of last year, when the pandemic seemed a little bit safer and we were following very strictly the protocols at the theater, we did open with corporate functions, with a a number of concerts. And um, this year, happily, um, we opened in February with a lovely new show, a comedy, a musical comedy called Locked Upside Down, 
which just epitomized what all of us have been going through during this pandemic period. And particularly, it was about three mothers and their, their tales and their songs. And it became very popular, locked upside down, which we hope will return later this year. It was in, conceptualized by Sharon Spiegel-Wagner and Laurie Strauss, also performing was Catherine Hopkins on the piano, and it was directed by Alan Swerdlow. And then we felt to keep people uplifted, people have come out of the pandemic, they, they obviously want to be uplifted and pre presented with lighthearted plays, nothing too serious. So we've had a wonderful season of comedies starring Mark Banks, and then of course the inimitable um, Nick Rabinovitz. He had the most outstanding, successful run and, um, and we also hosted the Johannesburg Comedy Festival. We now have opened with a most beautiful production based on the life story of successful and accomplished musical director and pianist Brian Schimmel. It is a very interesting, dark and yet uplifting um, story of how he survived and has done so well, a really raw and honest account of his life and very beautiful in case some magnificent works. We open in a week or two with Kate Normington in a musical, also comedic. Um, on the piano will be Rowan Bucker. It's called Storm in a Teacup and it will be directed by Russ Savadier. And then a new sequel of a play that we conceptualized a few years ago. It was based on the real life story of Chantal Stanfield a wonderful actress, brilliant writer who wrote the play. And it was her journey of being from a colored neighborhood in Cape Town and marrying a well-known Jewish musician and her story. And this, the new one is called From Sisters to Knedlach and now with kids. And then we will be working with a number of our top local playwrights like Mike von Hran, Paul, Paul Slabelepsi, and in May and June, we have a double bill of new plays. And, and so it goes on. So we're so excited. Every week, as a, like today, we have a lunch hour concert. And while we've been in the business for well over 25 years as a, produ a producing theater, we also present classical music concerts and jazz concerts, but mainly on Fridays, classical music. And today, like every Friday, we have a wonderful, supportive audience that come to our concerts at one o'clock. And we've Daphne, quite I, have to take, I have to take a break. We have to pay our bills. You know, you know more about paying <laughs> bills than, than most people. <laughs> but we'll be don't go away. We'll be right back with you. We're speaking with uh, Daphne Kuhn of the Theater on the Square, an institution that's well known to probably everybody in the audience, and she has uh, survived. And I, I don't use the word thrived just yet, but Survive, certainly, and uh, th thriving is what's coming. This is the Deep Dive with Brooke Spector. Daph We're back with Daphne Kuhn, the, uh, as she says, the even the ticket taker at Theatre on the Square, sometimes when somebody else isn't available to do it. Uh, you, you've outlined the programs that you've, started the uh, productions that you've been doing with obviously the 
the uh, cut down numbers of people in the audience and with those red stickers saying, sorry, don't sit here. But was there, during this last two years, was there ever a time when you looked at, the, looked at yourself in the mirror and said, look, there are all these bills coming in for rent and everything else, and the staff still has to have some kind of salary, but there's no income. Maybe I should just go with it and say, thanks for, thanks for everything and goodbye. Was there, a, was there that moment? You know, no. I, I was determined that we wouldn't let this get us down, that we'd continue because I have a commitment to the people that I work with over so many years. And during this period, I, I documented, I went back into the theatre, broke my heart to go and see it empty all the time. I documented the 25 years of history of this particular theatre and the 2,500, two, sorry, 2,500 new productions and concerts that we had actually produced over the, the 25 years. And I can't tell you what it meant to me when I thought about the magical memories and the iconic moments that we've shared with our thriving community that support us. And it just gave me the inspiration to work towards opening. It had to, we had to get over it in some way. And that's why I devised this fundraising strategy. And a lot of people said to me, give it up. You know, what are you doing it for? You know, there's no future in the theater, live theater. And I know that, you know, after a time, we were in, enriched with um, filmed entertainment, Netflix, and we had a one-on-one -on -one relationship with our television screens, but there's nothing like the shared experience of live entertainment and the joy that it brings to people. And now that we are open again, people are saying, oh, it's so wonderful to be back again. There's nothing that touches the magical experience and the interaction of a live performance and it's social and culturally enriching at the same time. So I never at any stage, Brooks, did I think this was coming to an end. I was determined that we would keep theatre alive no matter how. One of the, the, the great joys about your uh, theatre venue and what you put on on the theatre, well, there are two things, actually. One, you, you've got a really good sense of what the, what the audience who will come to your theatre wants to see. You, you, you've, you have, I don't know whether you've done attitude surveys or focus groups, but you have a real sense of what, when they come in, what they want. But number two, because it's a small venue, it's not small in stature, it's small in physical size and therefore intimate. You know, you're never more than what, five, six, seven rows away from the, the performers, no matter where you sit. And as a result, there's a sense of engagement that is harder to get when it's a theater that seats 2,000 people, say, or if it's, as you described, sitting in front of your television or your computer screen, one or two people watching something streamed into your house. How do you figure out what an audience wants? Is it just what's under your fingernails and you know or do you actually use social science attitude tools? I think it really is a gut feeling. I've been in the business for so long and I understand what the, the community needs. And there's so, there's so much variety. We try and embrace diversity in every possible way. And therefore our productions are a very happy mix of comedy and musical theater, uh, focusing on different communities and different groups. Uh, what did I say, drama, serious, local and international theatre. We obviously like to be a voice to represent how we feel in South Africa through the medium of 
uh, of theatre, of drama. And so I, I program very carefully and very consciously devising programs that are, uh, show a variety of cultural fare that will appeal on different levels to different aspects and different sectors of our community. And one of the things that I, I've talked to various people in theater management over the last six, eight months on another project. And one of the things that, that seemed to be common for most of them was the startling realization that because of COVID, because of the pandemic, uh, in effect, you have to rebuild an audience that may even have given up on the idea of going to theater. It's almost as if you're starting from scratch. And in a sense, yes. But what was very exciting about developing, um, doing our fundraising strategy is that we have um, support from a new market. We're trying to develop a younger market as well, as well as uh, supporting those that have supported us traditionally in the theatre. So, yes, we have had to start from scratch, finding a new market, developing new, you know, new audiences, which is very much part of our, of our uh, strategy. But at the same time, those that have supported theatre and have come back to even just one of our um, productions have just enjoyed it, the experience so much that I think that won't be such a problem. What is a problem is because we only allowed a 50% capacity still, and I hope this changes soon, we have, I've had to adjust everything, adjust the sort of plays that we present, that they're smaller, in terms of budget, adjust salaries, adjust the time of each uh, staff member so that it is viable. So I, there has been a major adjustment with regard to what we present and how we present it and you know the time it takes and what it costs because every new show comes with a new, uh, with a, a new cost. So everything is, has to be a start all over again, working out budget-wise how we'll get this on the road and running again effectively and viably. And we are, all I can say is I'm very thrilled to say that um, every play that we've had so far has had wonderful audiences, even at the 50% capacity. We've had excellent audiences and um, people begging for more culturally. And ultimately, is there an audience I mean, let's be honest now. Our people, our younger people, our would-be attendants, uh, atten attendees to 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 live theater, have they moved away entirely to other media? Um, I mean, twenty-four-year-olds don't seem to come to theater very much anymore, do well, they? We always thought that. For funnily enough, in the last few months, those were the that was the target age group because we've had a lot of comedy. And often mm. satirical, thought-provoking comedy, um, which of course I like. Um, so I don't think that is entirely true. There is a smaller audience, definitely, for the serious theatre. No doubt, it, uh, there is a smaller audience, and we have to obviously accept that's what it is. Accept that reality, but uh, obviously as well, we have to try and plan productions that will bring in and and enhance and excite. Um, a, an audience of all ages, and that's what we are trying to do. Um, but I think one has to start with bringing in people to the theatre and entertaining them. I think that's the aspect that is important at the moment. 
to come and be entertained and enjoy the whole environment and slowly but surely include in the program serious theatre to provoke and challenge. I mean, are you, are you thinking in any way, shape or form about multimedia events that would, oh, for the sake of argument, do live telecasting on your stages with other, other venues simultaneously or bringing in live theater from elsewhere to, um, in, in a way that duplicates what some of the cinemas have used to be doing? You know, it comes with an additional cost. We've had quite a few multimedia presentations, usually presented by corporate organizations that have hired the theater to do that. But um, live streaming and, and everything digital comes with an additional cost. You know, when we have a new production, there's a budget for just having it for a live audience. But to include all the, the filming and the, all the, the team that comes with that and the cost of that, we cannot afford at this possible time, at this time, but hopefully for the future, that may be the answer as well, but not right now. Now, do you want to tell us, are there any secrets that you want to tell us about running a theater in the last minute or so that we have for this uh, conversation? Is, is there, are there secrets that you can tell us about how you do this that have made it successful, even if just by the skin of your teeth? <laughs> the skin of my teeth. I think that's really what it's all about. There are no secrets. It's just plain hard work and passion. And um, one has to devote to oneself, and I certainly do, together with my wonderful team. Um, there's no secrets. There are no shortcuts. One has to do it properly. We want to make people feel comfortable at home when they come to the theatre. We want to present things that are of the highest quality, and we just want people to be happy, relaxed, forget about the pandemic and all their worries, have an hour or two away that they will be uplifted and entertained and enjoy the, the love and the, the excitement of live theatre. We've been speaking with Daphne Kuhn, who does everything from uh, producing, directing, managing, balancing the books and ticket taking over the last quarter century with the Theatre on the Square in Santon. Many of you, perhaps all of you in this audience have been there. I know I certainly have with my wife uh, and friends over the years. Things that are serious, things that are funny, things that are entertaining, things that are thought provoking, even a couple of things that were really challenging. We even saw an opera there done by two people with a bunch of posters and some masks and a puppet or two or three. And it was good. But again, thank you. And I, I, I really hope that you succeed and keeping keeping this running and keeping this going. And uh, we look forward to many more years of Theatre on the Square in Santon. Thank you thank so you. much, folks. I really appreciate those words. And we also, I'd like to thank our Jewish listeners who really support the theatre. Thank you so much. Okay. That was Daphne Kuhn. We're going to be back in a minute 